WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. It's a first in Michigan as early voting is already underway in some communities. The move comes after Michigan voters passed Proposal 2 to expand voting rights. While there are no statewide elections this year, the local elections in several Michigan communities are an opportunity to test early voting before Election Day next Tuesday. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson talked about the pilot program. People can still and still have the right under our state constitution to vote from home or vote through the mail or go to our clerk's office even today and pick up a ballot and return it prior to Election Day uh, with proper ID and signature included. This option also gives citizens instead to just simply go to their clerk's office or go to an early voting site, get a ballot, and submit it into the voting machine right then and there. Days and hours will vary depending on the jurisdiction, but many of the early voting sites will be open today. However, here in southwest Michigan, there is no early voting taking place this week. That's because the county clerks have opted to only have early voting for state and federal elections, and there are no state or federal elections taking place this year. A sign in support of Israel that Congressman Tim Wahlberg had posted outside of his Washington office has been vandalized. Wahlberg tells us he had a sign that said, quote, I stand with Israel, posted in the lobby area of the office. However, it was vandalized with two red handprints last week. Wahlberg says it would be difficult to carry in supplies for something like that without being noticed, so he has an idea of who could be responsible. So we're assuming it was an inside job, some staff person. I don't think it was a member of Congress that did it. I certainly hope not. But nonetheless, it was done, I think, to make a statement that they didn't appreciate uh, my stance on Israel. Wahlberg says despite his free speech being threatened, he won't waver in his support for Israel. I stand firmly with Israel and will continue to do so and wish that some of my colleagues would ratchet down their, I would say, hate speech for Israel, ratchet down some of their misrepresentations of what's going on. I think that's only causing some of the foment to take place in our communities. Wahlberg says he had another sign put up and the desecrated sign is also still hanging there. Despite pressure from opponents of Israel, Wahlberg says, quote, this only strengthens our resolve. A renovation project planned by the Renaissance Athletic Club in Benton Harbor could be helped along with a tax break from the city. The Benton Harbor Planning and Economic Development Committee last week heard a presentation by Cornerstone Alliance on the RAC's plans to upgrade the locker rooms, parking lot, shower area, and steam room, plumbing, tiling, HVAC, and electrical systems. It's asking the city for a tax abatement to freeze the property's taxes so the $250,000 investment can be recouped. Commissioner Juanita Henry questioned whether the city should give the club a break when, in her view, it's not getting anything in return. When I looked at the facilities myself, it's a great place out of my league because I can't afford it, but it's a great place. But my question to you and any other elected official is what do we get out of this other than a possible four new employees? The RAC currently employs 56 people. Committee Chair Dwayne Seat said the club is doing all it can to satisfy the city. Everything we got for has been uh, completed anytime you see new upgrades and then compliance for all building codes. The full Benton Harbor City Commission approved the creation of a commercial rehabilitation district for the RAC back in August in preparation for its tax abatement. Cornerstone Alliance told the committee that application will be coming soon. The committee signed off on its request and sent the matter to the full commission. The Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber is offering middle school students a chance to take part in the National Civics Bee this school year. 
The chamber says it's been selected as an official partner of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation to host a local competition of the program in 2024. The Civics B gives students a chance to learn how government is supposed to work. Participants in the National Civics B will have a chance to gain recognition for their civics knowledge and compete for prizes that include a $1,000 cash prize for the state champion. The chamber says any Southwest Michigan 6th, 7th, or 8th grader can apply for the competition by submitting an essay online starting on November 13th. We'll have a link to the submission page at our website. Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber President Arthur Havlicek says the program, quote, will instill the importance of responsible citizenship on area students, thus helping to secure a future of success and prosperity for our region. The next five-year capital outlay plan for Lake Michigan College is approved and now online. LMC Director of Facilities Management Sarah Vanderveen tells us the plan considers all college facilities and the need for improvements to them through 2029, one major priority is doing some work at the Mendel Center. That is a project that is on our radar in the next couple-year outlook. We would like to probably phase that. And the report doesn't go into a lot of detail about what our plan for that is, but it talks about the importance of why that work is coming. The report notes the Mendel Center, built in 1978, is the region's largest performing arts center, hosting tours from all over the world. Some of the needed improvements include upgrades to stage lighting and acoustics, Vanderbeen says the report anticipates a few other improvements. We completed a West Campus study master plan of how our athletic fields work and the amenities that we offer for students there. And that is mentioned and kind of reflected in some of the work that is noted on the horizon that we recognize there needs to be an investment in updating our athletic fields. However, Vanderbeen says overall the plan notes the majority of LMC's facilities are in good condition. The Board of Trustees approved the plan last week, and we'll have a link to it at our website. And the National Weather Service says Michigan is expected to have an above-average winter temperature-wise thanks to an El Nino pattern that could affect Michigan's winter sports, including skiing and snowmobiling. We asked Karen Middendorp of Michigan Snowmobile and ORV Association about how popular snowmobiling is in the Great Lakes State. Michigan boasts about 6,500 miles of snowmobile trails. We are one of the premier states for the trails because most of our trails are not on roads, which then allows us to connect town to town to town, city to city to city, and you can literally ride your snowmobile from the bottom of Michigan, Indiana state line, all the way up through the Keweenaw Peninsula, all the way over to Wisconsin. Middendorp says 135,000 trail permits were purchased last year. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Speaking on ABC's Good Morning America today, White House National Security spokesperson John Kirby talked about the expanded ground operations inside of Gaza. ABC's Karen Travers has more. Asked Monday morning about where Israel's push into Gaza stands, White House National Security spokesman John Kirby said the administration does not want to speak for Israel on their operations or intentions. They are going after Hamas leadership. They are trying the best they can uh, to really separate out the leadership and, and to try to go after them. During a phone call Sunday, President Biden reiterated to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that Israel has every right and responsibility to defend its citizens from terrorism. But he underscored the need to do so consistent with international humanitarian law and with the priority on the protection of civilians. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. 
Israeli ground forces push deeper into Gaza, advancing in tanks and other armored vehicles on the territory's main city and freeing a soldier that was held captive by Hamas militants. The Israeli prime minister rejected calls for a ceasefire today, even as airstrikes landed near hospitals where thousands of Palestinians are sheltering beside the wounded. The military said a female soldier captured during Hamas's brutal October 7th incursion was rescued in Gaza, the first since the weeks-long war began. Prime Minister ben- Benjamin Netanyahu welcomed her home, saying the achievement by Israel's security forces illustrates his country's commitment to free all the hostages. Meanwhile, scores of arrests were made by the Russian military last night after an anti-Semitic mob stormed an international airport in southern Russia. It was targeting a flight coming in from Tel Aviv. ABC's Ian Pinnell has more on terrified moments. The mob was able to rush onto the tarmac as the jet pulled in. They were there basically looking for uh, Jewish residents, for Israeli residents, for Jews coming off that flight. This mob was chanting anti-Semitic slogans. They were able to break into the airport, break onto the runway, and were even trying to get on the plane. The pilot having to lock these terrified passengers inside the plane. It took a long time for security forces to take control of the area. Israel's intelligence ministry has drafted a wartime proposal to transfer the Gaza Strip, 2.3 million people, to Egypt's Sinai Peninsula. It's drawing condemnation from the Palestinians and exacerbating tensions with Cairo. The junior ministry does not have the power to take any such decisions on its own, and the office of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu played down the document. But the fact that an Israeli government ministry would put forth such a proposal in writing outraged the Palestinians and deepened Egypt's long-held suspicions Israel would try to make Gaza Cairo's problem. There could be a vote this week on expelling New York Republican Congressman George Santos. More from ABC's Andy Field. Members of George Santos' own Republican Party calling for the House to expel him after multiple federal fraud charges. New House Speaker Mike Johnson dodging the question on if he'll call a vote to remove Santos. We've got a lot of discussions this week. We'll see what happens. But over the weekend, Speaker Johnson did answer questions about the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, saying that committee, despite so far providing little public evidence of wrongdoing, is doing good work. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. General Motors and the United Auto Workers Union have reached a tentative contract agreement that could end a six-year, six-week strike against Detroit's automakers. Three people briefed on the deal said today. The agreement follows the pattern set with Ford last week and with Jeep maker Stellantis over the weekend. The deals will last four years and eight months and include 25% general pay raises and cost-of-living adjustments. Combined, they bring the wage increase to more than 30% over the life of the contract. The people briefed on the matter did not want to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak publicly about the deal. It was to be announced today. Meanwhile, President Biden has weighed in on the agreements reached between the UAW and the Big Three. President Biden said he spoke with UAW President Sean Fain Monday about the agreements the auto workers union has reached with the Big Three automakers, Ford, Stellantis and General Motors. The president calling it an historic agreement that he says will ensure these iconic companies can still lead the world in quality and innovation. These record agreements reward auto workers who gave up much uh, to keep the industry working and going during the financial crisis more than a decade ago. The president says he applauds the UAW and the leaders of the automakers for agreeing that all workers on strike can go back to work immediately, even before a vote on the agreement is taken. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Lawyers for a group of Colorado voters are focusing on the January 2021 assault at the U.S. Capitol and former President Donald Trump's words and actions in a trial that could determine whether the Constitution's insurrection clause bars Trump from running for the, for the White House. Testimony in the group's lawsuit today began with details about the January 6th assault that was intended to stop Congress from certifying Democratic candidate Joe Biden's election win. 
It included firsthand accounts from some who were there. A Trump attorney called the case anti-democratic. Later in this in the week, the Minnesota Supreme Court will consider the same issue for that state's ballot. Meanwhile, chaos erupted in a Washington, D.C. federal courthouse today after authorities say a January 6th defendant resisted arrest. ABC's Liz Landers has more on what happened. Authorities say a January 6th defendant resisted arrest Monday during a scene that played out in a D.C. federal courthouse. Vitaly Gostrinkowski was found guilty earlier this year of assaulting officers during the January 6th attack on the Capitol and was initially released from custody as he awaited sentencing. But after allegedly sending menacing anti-Semitic text messages to law enforcement who testified during his trial, the judge in the case scheduled a hearing for Monday. That's when things escalated. Multiple FBI and U.S. Marshal agents were required to detain the defendant and ensure the safety of the courtroom. Liz Landers, ABC News, Washington.